The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Atal Design, your premium mobility and product design partner since 1968. Atal Design inspires, integrates, develops, and produces the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions. Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for June 17th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a Thanks so much for joining us today. It used to take years to add new features to a car's infotainment system. Now it can take just days. At least that's the case with the Polestar 2, because the Volvo Car subsidiary has opened up the car to app developers. That is one of the perks Polestar has gained for making the sedan the first car with a native Android automotive system with Google built in. Anya Ernest is responsible for this part of Polestar's business. She says that by letting go of control, Polestar is giving its customers free reign to add whatever apps they believe will make their in-car experience even better. Hi, Anya. Thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Hi, <laughs> really nice to be here as well. I'd like to get started today by talking a little bit about the Polestar 2, which is the first car with a native Android automotive system with Google built in. Why is that both amazing and terrifying? Because a lot of automakers don't want to give up control to companies like Google. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say it's mostly amazing. I wouldn't say so much terrifying, to be honest. Um, it's amazing in the sense that we are letting go of control in a way, allowing for third party to come in and, and deliver value to our customers. And I think that's the key thing. But terrifying in the way that, okay, if someone builds an app and then publishes it to the Polestar 2, it is there. <laughs> and then... Uh, but then on the other hand, it's up to our customers. If they download it, then it is creating value. If they don't download it, then it's not a problem. This new frontier allows app developers the chance to create new features and services for the car. How does Polestar encourage as well as control this? Well, I guess we encourage it by... Uh, providing the uh, emulator, for example, or talk about uh, the apps that we are building and, and also reach out to developers to, uh, to ask. I mean, this is a, a completely new uh, platform with the Android Automotive. We've had the Android Auto for a, a while, but that's um, uh, more where, where you still keep the phone as the brain, whereas this is Android Automotive, where the car is a standalone or the the platform is standard. Uh, you don't need the phone to run the apps. And having this for the first time then obviously means that you have to explore ways of working and, and uh, make people understand uh, that they can build for our cars. Traditionally, we try to close the system and not allow anyone to get in. But now what we want to do is open up, obviously. But um, you also asked about how we control this. And I would say that we, 
there is no such thing as control, of course. <laughs> but I think that's like to build something uh, and to to measure it and to learn from it. I think that's the the key here. So so perhaps create a vision and and uh, support um, by doing things. One of the goals at Polestar is to make sure that anyone can build an app to run on Android Automotive OS. What have been some of the biggest success stories so far from you folks opening this door? I mean, do I have to choose? <laughs> I love all the stories that we have. I mean, just allowing for anyone with a media app to be able to build an app and then publish it and our customers to, to download it. And we don't, at Postar, don't even have to be involved at all. This just happens automatically. And then, of course, our first ever project that wasn't um, a media app, which is Easy Park, that is, I mean, such a fantastic project um, that we did very much uh, together in close collaboration. But then looking at from a kind of a customer value perspective, uh, once again, Parking is one thing, but, but to have entertainment while you're waiting for your partner to go in to do some shopping. Or for me, my most normal use case is to sit and wait for my kids doing their practice because I can't stand on the side there and scream to them. <laughs> or, or actually just to stay in the car to take a breath before I go into the next job at home. <laughs> I mean... The video player and the the TV2 uh, application, those are the kind of apps that, that really has created value for me. Then for a Better Route Planner, which was an app that we launched uh, just before Easter, I mean, that's also been such a, such a great application that a lot of people who are using uh, or driving EVs uh, uh, work with a lot. And that is also for all of our markets uh, using Google. Have you been contacted by other people within the industry to get some feedback on how this is working and are they showing some interest on doing the same thing that you folks are? Uh, no, I haven't actually. <laughs> but I, I hope that they are interested. Uh, they should be. <laughs> In the past, it used to take years for new infotainment functions to make it into the car and now it seems like it can take months or maybe even days with what you folks are working on. How has that changed? I think it's very important to keep the different layers separate here. I mean, when we're talking about the Android automotive, you don't have that very deep connect to the car. I mean, some things are, are fairly deep, but, but it's built in a way so that it's secure to build apps. When we talk about systems apps or, or controlling the car in a sense, I mean, then obviously that mean, needs to be controlled much, much more because that has to be safe. With the Android Automotive, it, it's a layer on top in a way. So, I mean, with this layer on top, then, of course, it's, it, it means that we can move faster. Uh, you don't have to create a deep connect every time. It doesn't have to be technically difficult, di um, uh, complex. It can be just uh, a service that is... Uh, I mean, I keep coming back to the added value. <laughs> I, I think that's the kind of key here. Sometimes it's just to get information about something. That that's enough. 
Let's take a step backwards for a second, and I'd like to get your feedback on why has the move to Android been such a revelation at Polestar? So for me, I don't come from um, automotive from the beginning. I've been at Polestar for about three years, and I come from digital or the, the kind of uh, uh, web development part. So for me, it's not a big thing. I mean, it's, it's clear, you know, okay, we can build an app that connects to the hardware. Let's just get it going. This is fantastic. But then, like you said before, if it's taken like years or months to update before, then of course, if you have that background, then this obviously becomes, you have to rethink a little bit uh, about your process and your way of working and your approach to things. How you prioritize, perhaps. I mean... You can be more agile, I guess, in, in this. And that disrupts in a way. Yes, it, it certainly is a different way of thinking. And as you mentioned, because you didn't have the previous way of thinking, you already came in with the new line of thinking. This That part of it is not new to you, but I would have to imagine for some of your colleagues that you now know over at Polestar, this is such a, a, a radical change. Can you talk a little bit about how this has sort of shaken things up, but at the same time, you have gotten an indication and an education from some of the longtime automotive people on, okay, how this can work together seamlessly. Yeah, so, I mean, I have this example that I keep coming back to. Um, if you do a media app, uh, it's to listen to different uh, uh, audio of course and there was this person who was using these um, templates and created a media app uh, i don't know who it is i just love what uh, this person did so adding just helicopter sounds so the app you download the app and you have like yeah it's a silly app but what it also does is listening to some of the signals so i can then go into a web page and and look at the latest state of charge of my car for example, I think he was listening or the app was listening to some more signals. And I mean, it, if someone told me that they were going to build an app with helicopter sounds and I was working in this kind of uh, long term planning and putting apps into the car and, and planning for three months ahead, I would have said, no, that's not an app that I would like to get into the car. Which means that when it gets into the car, we look at each other and we say, who built the helicopter sound app into the car? Do we want to have it there or should we remove it? And, and then it's like, we don't have to bother about that. It's not up to us because we have created this ecosystem allowing for anyone to create whatever they think is relevant to put in there. If they put their effort into building something, then we, don't, we, we just get... We just get it. And if then there is a customer or a driver who wants to download this app, then it is creating value. And, and I think that that is a mindset that we need to open up for. We don't have to, everything does not have to be perfect. It can just be silly, stupid, fun, great, and also fantastic. <laughs> the interesting thing with this app is that we did not control it. We did not say yes or no to it. It appeared. And we now talk about it. And it's a, it's a conversation piece and a probe for learning 
And, and I think that that is uh, the key here. We'll continue our conversation with Paul Stars Anya Ernest after this message. Since 1968, Atal Design has been pioneering the road of mobility, putting forward distinctive design and innovative technological solutions. Ital Design knows how to implement customers' ideas, creating iconic and functional products that effectively improve the approach to mobility. Ital Design today offers services to support customers in achieving their targets, styling and creativity with virtual reality and immersive user experience. Vehicle development from components to whole product, from concept to production. Electric and electronics development and artificial intelligence serving e-traction. Vehicle network. HMI, and autonomous driving, assembly and construction of models, show cars, prototypes, and small series. Ital Design adopts a flexible approach to match products and services to customer needs, providing lean development process to established OEMs, acting as a system integrator and technology enabler with newcomers and defining product creation processes and strategies to startups. Ital Design inspires the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions, paving the way towards a better life for all. To learn more about how Ital Design moves the industry, visit its website at www.italdesign.it. How does Polestar sort of manage this relationship from the financial side? Are there any licensing fees? Are there any, uh, do you folks ask for any money? How does that portion of this work? I would say that this is still in exploration. So, so currently we are exploring what we can get into uh, the car and what people download and interact with, but also comment and, and what they would like to have. So there is no uh, monetary transaction currently with the apps. Okay, so it's free. And I'm also wondering too, with the different apps, are they mostly regional or is that something that if, if I have a particular app that works well in Germany, does it work in the UK? How are you folks working to make these apps universal? So we don't try to make them universal. If we have an app that, we, uh, that, is, that wants to be available on, on all the markets, then we publish it to all the markets. So for example, a better route planner is a good example of that. If we look at the video player, there we have different content for, for all the European markets. So for example, in Sweden, we have the Swedish television, but, but then we have BBC ideas for all of the markets. Uh, and and for Norway we have TV2 and which is then a native app but being linked to as well. So I think that's the. Uh, but if we have, I think if we have someone who's interested, let's say in 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 Frankfurt and wants to build an app that is is very focused on on the Frankfurt area. Perhaps it's a Frankfurt parking or or uh, something else. Perhaps a restaurant where you can order food. <laughs> then it, there would be no reason for us to publish it outside of Germany. But then the value for you, if you're driving your postcard 2 in, in Frankfurt, that is super valuable for you there. So I would say if there is an app that you would like or for your area, or if there is an app 
and that you think would be good in another area. I mean, the best thing would be to to start to uh, nudge those developers and say, you go ahead and build it. I think this is not something that should be done from Gothenburg headquarters. It needs to be, as, the more we understand about this and the more we learn about it outside of, of our island, then... Uh, the better it will become. And we will, of course, facilitate. And here's an interesting situation. Most people don't think of, oh, I can develop an app for a car because that door has been closed and locked tight for the longest time. Now it's possible to do it. How are you sort of engaging with developers and getting that conversation going? Because this is really completely new for everyone. I mean, sometimes I uh, just reach out directly. I I uh, use my old network uh, as well, and but that's until it gets uh, started. When we start talking about it, obviously I'm in this bubble where I think that what doesn't don't everyone know about this already? <laughs> but obviously that's not the case. I mean, talking about it and and opening up and showing the the applications that we have built, I think that's the the way forward. Until we had the first app, it was very difficult for people to imagine what we can do and and how easy it is to to uh, to do it. And then, obviously, if you have if you're building for Android Auto projected, then that is a sometimes an easy segue over to. Um, uh, the Android Automotive as well. If you could have your way, snap your fingers and make something happen, how would you like to see this particular part of the business at Polestar develop in the next year or even in the next five years? Well, I think what I would really like is is uh, for everyone to come with ideas and, and to drive this and and so that people get personally involved. Well, it's not until then. It's when you get your own tangible experience and you or your own ideas. That's when it becomes super interesting, I would say. And also to to support the developer community to uh, um, to talk about this. But it's it's difficult to say. I mean. I just want to get more apps into the car. <laughs> so I just want to keep going at the same pace that we've been going this the the past couple of months. Okay, and is there a particular nudge that if you could nudge one of those developers to make something that would be absolutely knockout app, what are some of the ones that you folks already think that might be one of those kinds of apps? Oh, that's so difficult to say. You know, I've been diving in everywhere. <laughs> it's uh, and sometimes you dive too deep. So, um, I mean, currently, I want to have more audiobooks into my car, <laughs> and that is like the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> so, I would say that that is uh, top of my mind right now. Okay, so we'll send out a note to developers, start working on that audiobook app so that you can enjoy a few pages uh, each time that you're in your Polestar 2 going to work or just driving around, right? That would be great, yeah. Fantastic. Well, Anya, thank you so much for participating in the Automotive News Europe podcast. 
Thank you so much. I love talking about this. So uh, really great and good questions. Thank you for that. We reached Anya Ernest at her office in Gothenburg, Sweden. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for June 17th, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again soon.